0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Welcome. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff we're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to talk about anything you want about pets. So um, give us a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Better yet, you can join me here live on Zoom. Click on the Zoom channel. So here's how you do it. Go into PetLifeRadio.com. You follow down the shows to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Click on it, and then you scroll down a little bit, and there will be a long link left for you. There by our producer, Mark, and you can join us right here live on Zoom. And again, hopefully, have your pet on your laps or next to you, and we can talk pets. Uh, As I say, week after week, get used to it. Now, because of COVID, we are seeing a lot more curbside at the vet hospitals. They're not letting you in. You're going to want to do more curbside. You want to do video chats with your veterinarians. So, this is how you do it. So, it's great. So, speaking of curbside, speaking of COVID, what would it be like on our show if we didn't start? With something about COVID. So here is something that, you know, obviously is nice to uh, see and to hear. Still no evidence that pets can transmit COVID-19 to us. Even if they get it on their skin or fur, it is highly unlikely that those are going to affect you. So it's got to be the, the perfect storm. You'd have to have to touch them in the same spot before the virus dies on them, which it, it, usually when it gets in fur, by the way, it gets sort of eaten away by the fur. Not destroyed, but just covered up. So you can't even, if you touch the dog or cat right afterwards, you won't get it. But let's say it was almost like within seconds after they were exposed. Then, first you weren't when you were exposed to so Then you pet them or they lick you in the face. They clean themselves then they lick you. I mean, the chances are extremely remote. But take home lesson is don't start spraying down your dogs with these products that we're using. These hand sanitizers that are 70 to 60 something, 70% alcohol. And spraying them down, it is going to be harmful to their skin. Uh, you do not need to do put any chemicals on them. If they then groom themselves, you know, we put it on our hands. That's great. We don't sit down, and lick our hands, but they lick themselves all the time. They clean themselves, so we do not want to put that stuff on dogs. Now, speaking of dogs and animals with cats with COVID, so Buddy, Buddy was that German Shepherd we talked about months ago. That was the first dog to have tested positive for COVID, and the SARS-CoV-2, and he died, but not, not so fast. He did not die of COVID. He died of lymphosarcoma. But here is a question, and the researchers are going to go to town on this one, is he was doing okay with his lymphoma. He had it already. It was discovered. Was there maybe a link to having been exposed to COVID that affected his immune system to such where now the lymphoma was able to take a stronger hold on him. Now, let's face it, dogs and cats die from lymphoma all the time. We can treat it. Uh, This dog had been treated. So the issues are that even with treatment, they're going to pass. There's no doubt about it. So it was just possibly coincidental. But now that they have something to go on, they're going to try to see. Maybe we know that the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the COVID-19, doesn't actually – have an effect on our animals, can it at least affect their immune system, which renders them more susceptible to other things. And so that's a new thing. But um, meanwhile, still no evidence, no proof. And, you know, as many of you know, I have lots of pets at home. I got four dogs. I now have six cats. I adopted another one. I could not resist. In fact, maybe after the breakup, I'll I'll show you. Heaven, absolute heaven. So anyway, there's our COVID stuff. So uh, two things. We've been talking about this lately. I'm kind of a little bit more involved again because of my foray into the field of diets, and that is fad diets. Fad diets, some of them can sicken pets. So this is very important to know because they're becoming more and more popular, these fad diets. Things like the the raw diets, the grain-free diets, the home-cooked diets. Not to say that they're they're bad. We don't know that, but they may be bad. So studies have shown that some of them may not be balanced as they should. They may not be acceptable or appropriate for a life stage or a breed. So these are things that we are not worry about. We know that raw diets can cause bacterial infection, Campylobacter, listeria, things like that. So that's important to know. So the recommendation is, if you are going to venture into that world, either your own home-cooked food or whatever the case may be, you want to make sure that you've spoken to an expert and, and that the expert will then be able to guide you as to what you need to add, how you need to balance it, etc. Who are the experts? The experts are board-certified veterinary nutritionists. They do exist. I know with my food line, Dr. Jeff Optimum, I not only consulted, I actually put him on our board because I know how important it is. It's not easy when it comes to food. There's a lot to know, a lot to consider. So you know, you want to work with an expert. So these are veterinarians that are, have gone to their four years of vet school. And then on top of that, they another three or four-year residency in nutrition. And they can help you. And a lot of, a couple of the vet schools that I know of actually have a service where you can actually go online, contact them, their nutrition department, and tell them about your pet, what your goals are, and they can help you put together that quote-unquote unconventional diet, home-cooked diet, raw diet, whatever it is, and do it correctly. Undergoing the right steps, and uh, that is the, probably the only way I would recommend it for the raw, because my diet is raw. What we decided to do, we subjected the process to two individual ways of eliminating the bacteria. One is called HPP, high pressure pasteurization. Listeria, Salmonella, E. coli, etc. So we take care of all that. So um, anyway, that's what you need to look for. You need to ask the right questions, find the right people to help you balance out and create that food or which one to buy. And um, you also want to check for the AFCO certification. And um, the AFCO is the Association of American Feed Control Officials. It doesn't vouch for the taste. It just vouches for the nutritional value. It's like I say, I've been a member of the American Animal Hospital Association pretty much my entire career. And people ask me if they were traveling to a new town you know, how do they find a vet? And I say, I would recommend, I say, find a vet that is AHA certified. That's certified by the American Animal Hospital Association. Because when you think about it, only 15% of the animal hospitals in North America, includes Canada, are AHA certified. Kind of like a good housekeeping seal of approval. But I tell uh, you know, my client right away, it doesn't vouch for the personality of the vet or the receptionist. It just vouches for the facility, the equipment, the, the procedures, the standards. That's what it's vouching for. So you can go to an AHA hospital and have the worst vet on the planet. I mean, personality-wise, and uh, at least you have a, a nice facility. So um, same thing with the AFCO foods. could have an AFCO certification, but if they don't need it, it's no big deal. You know, it's like I say, would you rather have, you know, people, what's your favorite? I like a, I'd love Bentley. No steering wheel, no engine. You got the Bentley. You got the. so summer heat of a heat wave. It's going to be high 90s. It's hot and we need to take our precautions. Hats off to two cities, Reno, Nevada, and actually the New York State Board passed bills banning the sale of retail pets in retail pet stores, meaning that pet stores can no longer sell pure breed pets. If they are going to sell pets, they have to be rescues. They have to work with rescue groups, and they can get these dogs. They can get them from shelters. They then clean them up. They vaccinate them. They spay new neuter, make sure everything is done, and then they can sell them. Way less than you would these pure breeds from the puppy mills. And so, uh, we are seeing more. They've been banned in LA now for years. I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. So New York State Board and, uh, Reno, Nevada are, are, are two more that have done away with allowing the sale of pets from these establishments. And I think that's great. Here's some public health issues. And, you know, here we are. It's sort of like I was talking to our producer, Mark, just before the show that, you know, it was nice. Not that it's a good thing, but to talk about the hurricanes down in Florida and the fear along the Atlantic uh, seaboard. And, uh, and, and his comment was, at least it wasn't another story about COVID. So and, uh, and that's how I feel about this one. This is not good news by any means, but it's not about COVID. Brace for insect-borne diseases. This is from public health officials in the United States. Mosquitoes carry a lot of diseases. As we know, mosquitoes carry heartworm disease in dogs. If you ever travel to foreign countries, you know, you have to deal with things like Zika and dengue fever and horses, equine and Western equine encephalitis are mosquito born So they're seeing a surge in the mosquito populations. And with that are these diseases. So in the East, in New York, New Jersey, they've seen many cases of Eastern equine encephalitis. And then in Michigan, seeing an increase in cases of dengue fever and Zika because of mosquito. So very, very important. The mosquitoes like this kind of climate, especially where it's humid. They love humidity. So you need to be very, very careful for your dogs. Make sure that they are on heartworm prevention. You want to test them first. Make sure they're on heart prevention. Very, very important for uh, your horses. Speak to your veterinarians. They're available for a lot of these diseases that are mosquito-borne. So it is very, very important. So uh, take note. Uh It's not about COVID, but it's not good news either. And then this one is going to be our lead into what we're going to talk about after the break. And that is, if you walk outside and you go to that blacktop asphalt, I want you to bend down and I want you to put your hand on it, palms down, right on the hot asphalt and count to seven, seven seconds. See if you can hold your hand there for seven seconds. If you can, then it's probably okay to walk your dog on it. But if you can't, and I'm sure in many places you won't be able to, Do not, I repeat, do not walk your dog on that hot pavement. Um, That's where we get these problems with their feet. They can get blisters. I've seen dogs where all their pads, the the outer, the skin of the pad, which is that dark skin, kind of like the stuff stuff on on their nose, is all peeled off because of blistering, because of hot pavement running around. Very important to take note. So we are going to be back. We're going to talk about the hot weather. We're going to talk about do's and don'ts. We're going to talk about hydration. We're going to talk about cars cars and pets. That's a bad one. So don't go away. We'll be right back after these short messages. Moose is the German Shepherd and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E well, dot com. We tell anybody that has a dog if there was something that you could do Right from the beginning, so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills. Why would you not do it? Get the DynaBite. DynaBite for life. You get some DynaBite. How happy your dog will be. D I N O V I T E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet, life Radio. Pet life Radio. .com. <laughs> And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life. He was asked, that's Dr. Jeff. And before the break, we talked about hot pavement. Try it. Go outside. Seven seconds. Put your hand right on that path. If you can't stand there, stay there for seven seconds, your dog can't walk on it. So that's one easy test. What about the hot weather? So what, what should we be doing differently? So first of all, when it comes to lifestyle, on one hand, it's great weather. We want to be outside. Um, well, maybe not some areas where with the, the heat and the humidity, it's like a hundred and with 90% humidity here in LA, we're lucky enough. We have hot weather, but um, at night it really cools down. Believe it or not, we can be like today's going to be like 95, some places a hundred. Yet yeah, in the evening, it's going to be 70. So we have that huge drop. We get the ocean breeze and um, it's really phenomenal. But many places, it's, it stays into the 80s, 90s at night. So when we say walk your dogs early morning, late evening, there's really no great time to do it. I, I know that. But still, you want to do it when the sun's not beating down. So early morning, late evening, and change your habits. You obviously, you want to get them out. You walk, but you got to read your dog. Take a canteen of water with you. Take a thermos, something with you. Take a, a bandana. What you can do is you can take a bandana, wet it down, Sopping wet. All right. Kind of roll it up and stick it in the freezer the night before. Sopping wet. So when you in the morning, what you got? You got a basically a cold bandana like icicles. And you turn around, wrap it on their neck. And that way they have a that nice cool collar on. And that will can keep them a little bit cooler. Again, water is essential. If you have in an area, you're walking there where they're just everything is hot. The sidewalks hot, the pavement's hot. Get little booties. That you can put some booties on your dog. It's fantastic. They're cute, they're adorable. So most dogs, you know, you don't want to leave them on a lot. I mean, certainly not full-time, unless they really breathe well. A lot of them are made like a, made by like a rubber. And what you don't want to do is have, because that rubber doesn't breathe well. Now remember, dogs sweat through their pads. So if you are covering them and they can't breathe, these pads are sweating, then you get a moist dermatitis, which is a bear to deal with. So, But to take them out for 15, 20 minutes, let them wear their booties is fine, or for booties that actually can breathe. But either way, it's to protect them against the heat. Um, water, water is so very important. Number of things you can do. You can do. Uh, there's something called the Lixit. It's a little um, attachment to onto the spigot outside, and what it does is it almost turns your the water spigot onto like a like a hamster you know feeder with a little ball. It gets in the way, and when they lick, they push the ball out of the way, and the water comes out. Well, it's the same thing. There's a little centerpiece. So you, you turn the faucet on, but the centerpiece blocks it. When they lick, that's why I call it licks it. Pretty smart, huh? That they, they, when they lick it, it moves back and forth. And every time it moves back and forth, water comes out. So it's a great way to ensure that they're going to have water. Now, how about leaving a water bowl? What do you do? Well, first of all, you want to put it in a shady area. And speaking of shady areas, if your yard or your drive, wherever it is you put them, the dog run does not have a shady area. Do not, I repeat, do not leave them in that area. They need shade. It's like anything else. It's like during the winter, we talk about cold, all right? You want to have a shield from the cold because wind chill freezes things up even more. Same thing. If that hot sun is beating on them, that is worse than just the ambient 100-degree temperature, So, which isn't good either. But with that and the sun, it makes it worse. So the, you have to provide shade for them. So make sure you put the water in the shade. Another good idea is some dogs like to play with their food bowls and some dogs like to tip over the water. I'm sure none of you ever have a dog that does that. So one cute thing you can do is take a water bowl, fill it about three quarters full with water. And again, freezer trick, stick it in the freezer. So what do you give them in the morning? A big block of ice. So first of all, it's a little heavier and they're probably not going to tip it over. What you can do is as the ice melts, some dogs like to lick ice, which is great, but as the ice melts, they can lick the water And so it sort of slows the process of the water and it keeps it really nice and cool. Another trick, I love this trick. If you have a yard and you have a grassy area and you have dogs that like to run around and play, it might tip over a water bowl. You come in, the bowl is tipped over, they have no water. So this is really, really cool. What you do is you take a bun pan. The bun pan has a little hole in the center. Now you take about a half inch wooden dowel and you bang it into the ground, maybe six, eight inches. And now you take your bundt pan with the water full and slide it right over the dowel. So now you have a dowel that's sticking up from the ground. So now it prevents the bowl from being tipped over. They can't. So they can drink from it, but they can't tip it over. And that is a very effective way to make sure that they keep their water in the bowl and they don't tip the bowl over. So we talked about the shade, we talked about the water, hydration is very important. If you have a dog by the way that is not really a good water drinker, and water to their food. Start giving them some soft food. During the summer, I mean I'm always an advocate of what we call mixed feeding, which means feeding some canned with dry. I know my dogs are big advocates of mixed feeding because they love the canned, but during the summer especially when where there, there might be a limitation of how much water they intake, by giving them some soft food, wet food, the canned food then they will get more water uh, or just add water to their dry food and lap it up. So again, we don't exercise in the middle of the day. Absolutely not. How do you recognize heat stroke? With heat stroke, you're going to recognize a dog that, first of all, it's always very jovial, keeps up with you, and they are like, <laughs> that tongue is coming out. Maybe the tongue is a little purple even. They're not getting enough oxygen because they can't. It's very important to read their signs. Now, unfortunately, a lot of our dogs are going to stay with us no matter what we do, no matter how fast we're going, they want to keep up. So that's what we love about them, but it's not good for them. So if you're thinking even remotely, which you shouldn't be, but if you're going to take your dog for a hike during the hot weather like this, first of all, shaded area. Second of all, many stops. Thirdly make sure that they have plenty of water and stop for ample water breaks and sit for a while you don't have to, it's not a race it's the journey it's, you know that's the important it's not the destination so have fun with them and you want to go really slow and avoid the heat of the day if you are concerned at all and you are avid you can now get a digital rectal thermometer so it's not glass it's not going to break it's not the chemicals inside right so um, what you can do is take without mercury to worry about then you just have the erectile thermometer which is digital take it with you if a dog's temperature should not go above 103 102 and a half is still high normal if you're out and about yeah 100 could be but but if it gets higher than that that's a problem i've had dogs come in 106 105 107 the organs start breaking down at that point and it's very very difficult to save them they need fluids they need to be Cool down slowly. You know, we used to use ice water. We don't use ice water anymore. We just use regular tap water to cool them down. And it's got to be done slowly. So it's just not worth the aggravation and it's not worth the danger. One other danger we've had if you hike a lot, I just did a story on Inside Edition on the blue green algae, the cyanobacteria. It's deadly. Do not, if you see a body of water, a lake, a pond, a stream that is blue green, Do not, do not let your dog, your dogs swim in that water. When dogs swim, as you know, they ingest a lot of the water. When we swim in water, we try not to. We usually don't. That's why the same algae can kill us, but we don't take enough in. Dogs are continually swallowing water as they're swimming. And this stuff literally, literally can kill the dog, make them sick within 15, 20 minutes and kill them within an hour. By the time you get to an emergency facility, it's too late. So it's called cyanobacteria blue green algae. You need to be very, very careful. So please, do not let them drink. Zion National Park in Utah just had a death. There are some places in the Midwest just had deaths. Read up on it. Blue, green, algae, and dogs. It's not really an algae. It's a bacterium that gives the water this appearance of the blue, green. And lastly, probably most importantly, because this is where many of us make the biggest mistakes, cars, cars, cars. Do not let your dogs be in a parked car, not even in the shade, not even for three minutes. Because as you know, three minutes always turns into longer. And uh, it is hugely dangerous, even if you have the windows cracked. And there's studies done. I did this, one of these uh, time-lapse studies. Years ago, we put a dog in a – well, we didn't put a dog. We put a thermometer in a car, parked in the shade. With the windows open, within 13 minutes, it reached 114 degrees. So – and that's without the dog. You can only imagine with dogs panting. Remember, what is a dog's body temperature? I mean, body temperature on a dog normal is 100 plus degrees. It's 100.5, 102.5, whatever it is. So every time they breathe out, put your hand in front of their, their mouth when they pant, and you're going to feel the heat of their breath. So they're in a, an enclosed area, even with the window cracked, big deal. And they're breathing and they're panting and they're nervous, excited, whatever the case may be. And that car with a dog in it can reach those temperatures in less than 10 minutes. So you're basically putting your dog in a sauna. You're putting your dog in a steam room. And it is absolutely deadly. And don't kid yourself, even in a parking garage. So the answer is never. If you are in their view, like if you're taking your dog out and you're going to meet somebody in a parking garage, it would be okay. But if you're just going to run into the dry cleaner, run into the store, I guarantee that one time you run in the dry cleaner, just to pick up your your dry cleaning, is you meet a friend there and you're going to sit and smooch for 10 minutes before you know it, your dog's dead. So be really, really careful. That's the one thing I just can't say enough because we see it and hear about it all the time. And don't forget you have your dogs with you. You know, this is another one. And what, as bad as this is, it's worse when it happens to a child, and it has. And I'm sure you've heard those stories. Someone who normally doesn't take their kid or drop their kid off at school, it's on the phone on the way to work, and their mind is distracted, and they totally forget that the kid's in the backseat, in the car seat, sleeping. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. Um, if you have any other subject matter that you would like discussed, you can send it to me at drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. I would love you to follow me on Instagram. That's at Dr. Jeff Werber. Um, and uh, I just had my, I think, 5,800, something like that, um, follower, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, what else can I tell you? The hospital sets it up. There are many, most hospitals still don't use telemedicine. So you Likely could be going to one that doesn't use telemedicine, so go on to Airvet, and you can uh, reach me that way on Airvet. For today, have a nice day. Stay cool; it's hot out there. And uh, we will see you here next week, same bat time, same bat channel here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Doctor Jeff. And um, stay safe and cool, and wear your mask. Let's talk pets every week on demand.